It's time to place your bets. Let's talk to the pros. Welcome in, everybody, to Betting Pros. It's time to place your bets. It's me, Joey P. Joe Pizapia. It is almost week three in the NFL. We've still got two games left in week two, but that won't stop us from looking ahead. No, 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 because the process never stops here at Betting Pros. To help me today is Matthew Friedman and Pat Fitzmorris to break it all down, take some of what we saw in a wacky and weird and wild week two, and try to apply it to what we see ahead in week three when it comes to the betting odds. Before we get on with those things, I want to remind everybody, of course, as well, that, look, now is the time. Make sure you go over to Sleepers, the fastest-growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. And you probably already have teams there or leagues there, so I know what all mine are, that's for sure. And it's a game-changing product unlike any other in the industry. And now you can win money over on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's simple. First, any sport, you choose two or more players that you like and you pick the over the under, for example, rushing yards in a football game or number of points in a basketball game, then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. And if you pick them correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to 20 times your money that you put in. And the main reason I'm excited about the over under sleeper is that it's the only app where you can join your friends and contests and play together. It's a great built-in product. Go check it out. You can build a group, build a little community, play some over-unders, and have some fun. So go check out the over-under game over on Sleeper and have fun with your friends and make some money at the same time over on your mobile device. Just join the listener group uh, on Sleeper at Sleeper and uh, download the app today and automatically match your first deposit up to $100 when you use that promo code BETTINGPROS. Again, it's one word, BETTINGPROS, at sleeper.app slash BETTINGPROS. You can check it out and get that $100 deposit match. Uh, gentlemen, certainly a strange Week two, we saw a lot of comebacks, a lot of improbable victories. So, uh, Friedman, after we've got uh, week two just about in the books, what's your biggest takeaway from what you've seen so far? Well, uh, two takeaways. One, uh, you know, we are on fire with the, the spreads uh, at, uh, at at Betting Pro, so that's nice. Uh, we are not on fire when it comes to the totals. And I think a lot of assumptions entering the season were that uh, we would see shootout games, uh, you know, the idea that, uh, you know, defensive uh, defensive penalties would help uh, teams extend drives. We haven't really seen that play out. So we've seen a lot of unders hit and we've seen uh, the books aggressively move uh, their totals down over the past couple of weeks. And so mm -hmm. that is something that we need to catch up to. Uh, and we'll see if unders uh, continue to be the the sharp side. But uh, so far, some some really intriguing games. A lot of chaos, however. A lot <laughs> of chaos. Certainly chaos. Well, yeah. you know, the one thing, Matt, uh, you know, Pat, you could speak about this too. Uh, let's go to you on this. It's a lot of quarterbacks who have changed teams, a lot of new head coaches, a lot of new systems. It takes some time. I mean, Russell Wilson's on a new spot. Matt Ryan's on a new spot. Like, you've got a lot of these guys. Carson Wentz is on a new spot. I think that there wasn't enough of a learning curve potentially built into some of these offenses. Now, some have hit the ground running. Others, not so much. But do you think that has a lot to do with that combination of new coaches, new systems, new QBs, and new personnel even for a lot of these teams as well? We've seen a lot of changeover on the offensive side year over year. 
Yeah, it might, Jonas. Of the quarterbacks you mentioned, Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, and Carson Wentz, who'd have thought that Carson Wentz would look the best <laughs> coming out of the gates in week two? I mean, yes, he has. Well, uh, the Lions help. The Lions, the Lions, the Lions, Lions do help, they do help. And, and he has thrown three interceptions in two weeks, but he's also thrown six touchdown passes. Uh, meanwhile, like, you know, Matt Ryan, yes, he was missing Michael Pittman, but uh, that, that just doesn't excuse the sort of performance he had yesterday. Uh, Russell Wilson, I mean, getting booed now twice by the Seattle crowd and his own home crowd uh, in two games. So really interesting so far. Yeah, some of these teams just do not look. I mean, Indian Arizona, like I thought these were playoff contending teams and uh, both have just looked like absolute trash. Although the Cardinals got a win yesterday. Because the Cardinals did find a way to win that game. So, but yeah, you're, you're not wrong. I think there's a lot of tightening up to do. We're going to tighten things up here in week three. So let's get after it. Let's talk about the picks. And by the way, at the end of the show, we'll get the favorite early bets from Matt and Pat here as well. Let's start with the first game, which is the Pittsburgh Steelers going to Cleveland in this one. So we'll see if Brownie the Elf makes a second appearance after that terrible first loss in the home game with Brownie the Elf on the field. Uh, The Steelers are three and a half point underdogs going into Cleveland. The number for this game is just 40. That seems about right to me. Pat, what's your first take on this contest? Oh, that it seems like a circle the wagon game for the Steelers, Joe. But uh, the wagon at this point is made of rotted wood. The wheels are rickety and close to falling off. I mean, the Steelers offense was so bad yesterday. 5.1 yards per attempt for uh, Mitch Trubisky. Uh, Let's see, on the ground for Najee, 15 for 49. Their longest play was 23 yards. I mean, this offense just has nothing there. And they don't have TJ Watt on defense. So, um, and, and, you know, Three and a half point underdogs for the mighty, uh, perennially respected Pittsburgh Steelers going into Cleveland with Jacoby Brissett as their quarterback. And they're more than a uh, field goal underdog. And, and like it doesn't seem that say, far out of line. It seems right to me. Right. You know, so, Friedman, yeah. when you look at this line, I mean, do you see that same thing? I mean, he mentioned a, a circle of the wagons game for the Steelers. How about you just lost to the Jets in your home opener? Isn't that kind of where the wagons, I mean, they, they might've been set on fire by Joe Flacco on the way out of that building. Yeah. It's, it's a weird situation where the, uh, the Steelers game yesterday was one of the rare games where I thought like, uh, coming out of it, both the Steelers and their opponents were like the worst for having played in that game in terms of like how I, <laughs> like the end of Billy it. Madison after he takes that test, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> everyone's dumber for having watched this and been here. Yeah. yeah. But it's not like Cleveland played all that well either. So I don't know. I mean, Pat, we were we were on the Steelers last week and like the whole week we we're like, you know, why is the market too low on the Steelers? Uh, maybe we're just too high on them. And we're I think we're in a similar situation again this week where this line is three and a half. Uh, you know, in the look ahead market, it was three. I thought there would be some value there uh, in my projections. I have this as uh, Cleveland. Uh, favored by 0.75 points. So I see value on Pittsburgh in this spot. And I, I hate to say that because I do think that this team looks disgusting, but uh, so do the Browns. You know, Mike Tomlin as an underdog, 46-23-3 and three against the spread. Absolute baller record. In division, 51-37-3 against the spread. And against Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski, 4-0 against the spread, 3-1 and on the money line. So I... I have to go. I have to go with the Steelers in this spot, but it is another one of those kind of disgusting games like we've had for the past couple of weeks where it's like I'm betting it, but I don't really like it. 
Fair enough. Uh, this next one, I actually kind of like the early line of this one for the team that doesn't have a win. Uh, they're at home. The Carolina Panthers are giving up three points to the New Orleans Saints. I think New Orleans is a hot mess right now. And I think, when, you know, after that game yesterday, uh, anyone's faith in, in Jameis Winston, if you had any, had to have been shaken. 40 and a half is the number for the over under. Um, look, maybe you see this differently than me, Friedman, but this one kind of jumped out to me as a huge trap game where people are going to buy into the Saints, even though they're favorites of this game. But I kind of like the Carolina side of this one. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I'm seeing a three uh, in the market right now, and I have this at 2.25. So in theory, there's uh, you know some value here to the Panthers, but uh, man, I'm I'm not betting it. It's it's a pretty nasty game. I think uh, it's a it's a pass either way. And I would like to see more uh, more medical information coming out on Jameis Winston. You know, see exactly when he's practicing this week. Or do you want to do it now? And and if that news continues to get worse, maybe that number goes from three to two and a half just put it yeah, out there maybe the real answer is i don't want to do it at all that's fine that's fine i i i like this one i don't you know i watched carolina and they had some fight in that giant game it was kind of a it was an ugly game at times but they were fighting and competing uh and defense at times played pretty well especially for the first three quarters of that game now on the Saints side i mean like i said the, the Injuries to Alvin Kamara, everything that's going on here with them. They seem a little chaotic here. They're going on the road. And look, all the money's going to the New Orleans side early here uh, on this one, Pat. But what are your thoughts? How do you see this New Orleans-Carolina matchup? Yeah, I still have immense respect for the Saints defense. Like, I think that's a really tough unit, and that's why I'm I'm disinclined to take the points, I think, here, Joe. But let me ask you guys a hypothetical question. Let's say Jameis Winston's back wasn't okay. And uh, how do you think the line would move? If we knew we were getting Taysom Hill in this game, would it would it really move that much at all? It would be Dalton. Oh, that's right. It would be Dalton, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. I think Dalton. it would still move. We'd, I think we'd it would pro- still go to two and a half. We'd probably get a healthy dose of, of Taysom Hill, though, I would expect. Yeah. There would be a lot of Taysom probably. Hill packages. Um, yeah. I mean... I I don't know if the line would move, and if anything, much. it actually might move towards New Orleans. No, all right. Well, really? we see this one differently. Wow. This is this is fun. I love this. This is a great discussion. Uh let's go to the next game on this list. The Houston Texans 01 and 1 head to Chicago, who is now 1 and 1. Uh Chicago is actually favorites. You're not going to hear me say that very often on the show. Chicago is favorites at home. Uh two and a half points they're getting right now in this game. And then you have the 39 is the over under. So clearly Vegas not looking for a high scoring affair here. Uh, but uh, is, is that potentially the wrong number? I mean, whenever you see those numbers under 40, Pat, those are ones that, you know, typically you look long and hard at and you ask yourself that question, like, is that just too low despite the fact that there's been some challenges to these offenses in the early going? What are your thoughts on Houston, Chicago? Well, apparently not too low, Joe, because I was just on DraftKings before the show and it was 38 there. It was even mm, a point lower. There you and go. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, Luke Getze, the Bears play caller seems to hate the forward pass. So, um, you know, <laughs> that is an obstacle to scoring points in the modern NFL. A guy who does not want to call passing plays. I mean, the Bears last night basically trailing by double digits for most of that game. And how many passes did did Justin Fields attempt? Was it like 11? I don't oh, have it in front of me. Uh, unbelievable. So, you know, with a guy who just has the manacles on Justin Fields as, as far as play calling, like... I, I don't know if it should be any higher. And Houston's offense certainly did not look good in Denver yesterday. I mean, they easily could have won that game with just a little bit of offense, just mm-hmm. a couple big plays, didn't get them. So, man, 38 sounds about right to me. 
All right. Well, look, I, I've been saying I know everyone in the fantasy community has been very enamored of Davis Mills. I keep saying, you know, if you set the bar subterranean, you don't have to be that good in order to get everybody's expectations up. I think the expectations are a little high. And maybe maybe Matt, just maybe you go back and you look at this game against Green Bay and go, you know what? We didn't throw the ball enough. Maybe we have to correct that a little bit. So is there anything appealing in this game early on for you? Maybe. So I, I'm thinking of last week where there were some spots that I liked and uh, well, not my number liked them, but I didn't bet them and maybe I should have. So I'm thinking I was of the ask you, were the numbers, right? Yeah. Were the num- yeah. Yeah. I'm <laughs> trust, thinking of the Jags. Trust your you homework. <laughs> like I, I had, I had that, uh, you know, at three and the number was four and a half. Actually, I think I had it two and a half and the number was four and a half. And I was like, eh, it's an ugly line. I'm going to just going to stay away. And so this makes me think of that a little bit. Uh, it's going to be a nasty game between two teams that, you know, haven't shown much. Uh, the number's two and a half. I have it at three and a half. And so going across the three, there is significant value. I haven't bet it because honestly, I feel like maybe I'm a little too high on Chicago, uh, and I want to evaluate a little bit more what we saw in that game last night. Uh, so I'm going to go back and do that. But if I don't adjust the power ratings anymore for Chicago, I might go bet this game. All right. Kansas City Chiefs are heading to Indianapolis. Indianapolis is six and a half point underdogs at home. And I can understand why a lot of the money seems to be coming in on the KC side early too on this six and a half number. The number is 49 and a half. We don't have clarity about Michael Pittman yet for this week. Uh, or some other injuries. Obviously, this was a, uh, a a poor showing. Let's just put it mildly for the Indianapolis Colts. So Matthew Friedman, uh, the six and a half seems very reasonable. Do you think this one is going to grow as the week moves on? Yeah, I think so. And I'll say I grabbed this on the look ahead at three. Uh, shout out me. But uh, now <laughs> you love you some you, don't yeah. you? But, but, but <laughs> and you now, think I'm bad. Let me tell you, this guy. <laughs> but but now I'm I'm showing value just in, in my spreadsheet on the Colts. And that makes me want to go in and just auto adjust whatever the power rating is on the Colts, because there is no way I want anyone looking at our projections to think that they should bet on the Colts in this game unless this number gets past seven. You know, so I and I think it, it could get there. And even then, I'm just like, oh, that kind of hurts my stomach to think of someone betting on the Colts. So, like, I, I show slight value on the Colts mm-hmm. at this number, but there is no way I would bet it. I think, you know, Shaq Leonard's health certainly has been a huge issue for this defense early going. I don't think that's been talked about enough, yeah. but maybe, maybe just maybe we've seen this sometimes fits where, you know, some teams for whatever reason just have better teams numbers and maybe the Jags just own the Colts for some kind of weird headspace. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about this one, but this number felt low to me in the early going. I feel like if we get Pittman out, it's only going to grow a little bit more. Uh, perhaps that's a trap, but to me, I mean, how do you not go to the KC side of this game? Yeah, um, it, and Joe, normally this is the kind of bet that I like to make, like on the Colts, where it's a team coming off a, a bad punch-in-the-mouth type of loss, going up against a, a fat, happy team coming off a big win, even if they were outplayed on, on Thursday night uh, by the Chargers. But I like I just can't bet the Colts in this, I don't think. I mean, it, no matter what, I agree with Friedman. Like I had projected this to be a, a smaller spread than it was uh, on Saturday when I was first looking at these games. Of course, we got, you know, a, a new set of data for the Colts, and it wasn't a very good set of data. Um, no, we, no, we didn't get much data. <laughs> no, no Pittman and no Shaq Leonard, but they did have DeForest Buckner. 
and Kenny Moore, who they weren't sure they were going to have. I mean, DeForest Buckner was a ghost in that game. Well, and like, look, I, Kenny Moore was not 100% either. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, and so, like, I mean, are they just, like, laying down for Frank Reich? Are they not playing for this guy? Which, it, interesting, it seems like they're almost quitting on this guy already after last year's disappointment. But, man, starting 0-1-1 against the Texans and the Jaguars – after the Jaguars bumped you out of the playoffs last year. What a disastrous start for the Colts. I mean, you just can't say enough about how, uh, my gosh, I, I feel for Colts fans, man. They cannot be holding their heads very high this morning. Yeah, okay. I've adjusted while we were talking. I adjusted them down <laughs> another point in the power uh, ratings. It was just like, no, there's, I have to. It was to just gnawing this. at you. You just couldn't, yeah. couldn't get just it. Just a right. quarter. Yeah. yeah. Look, hey, I'm, I'm measured in all of my movements. He is. He is. Uh, all right. Buffalo is going to travel to Miami, who is undefeated. We'll see what the Bills do tonight on Monday night. But, uh, of course, the Buffalo Bills will be favored in this game regardless. Uh, four and a half points right now. Uh, many would say the coming out party. I thought it was fascinating, Pat, at the end of that game. You heard Mike McDaniel in the press conference talk about you know, this was a big step for Tua because Tua didn't quit on Tua. You know, he's a guy that maybe is too hard on himself, makes mistakes. He lives in the mistake instead of moving on. Well, he moved on in a big way. This was a huge victory. So in two weeks, they've beaten Bill Belichick and John Harbaugh. That's a lot. And I, I think this line is still being respectful of that. 51 and a half is the total. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one here? Because it definitely feels like a game where there might be some rumblings of saying maybe Miami just feels like they're the this little engine that could and they could beat anybody right now and they are going to be at home. It's going to be a lot of energy in that building, but do you think it's enough uh, to overcome Buffalo in this point total? Yeah, you said it, Joe. I think there is a newfound respect for Miami and it's reflected in this line, which is why I see a little bit of early value in Buffalo. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I do still think Buffalo is the superior team. Um, the Miami defense gave up some really big plays sure yesterday. Did. Um, you know, and, and like Tua looked great, but he didn't always make pinpoint throws. Uh, he just had Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle making plays for him all day. He also threw a couple of interceptions. Um, you, you obviously have to like the potential firepower of this Miami offense, but, um, I, I do feel like this line is a little bit of a, an overreaction to what we saw in a game that just grabbed everyone's attention yesterday in Baltimore. Yeah, the comeback kids yesterday, Friedman, but does that matter at all when you're playing possibly the most complete team in the NFL in Buffalo? Yeah, I mean, I bumped Miami up a little bit after that game uh, just because we do see the uh, the ceiling that they have, but I have this exactly at four and a half, so I don't see value on either side. I have, however, bet the over 51 while we were That was what I was right going to ask you. I was just yeah. going to ask you, do you see value in the number of 51 and a half, though? Because that could climb in the next couple of days. Yeah, so 51 and a half across the market. There is a 51 at Caesars. That's where I bet it. I think this line's going to move. Uh, I think at home, Buffalo is going to put up a ton of points. We just saw Miami put up points. So I don't know if I'm on the right side. I just think I'm going to get some closing line back value here and that's what i'm looking at and and those those dolphins receivers against uh the bill secondary without tredavious white like i know that secondary held up really well in week one uh although cooper cup did get his for certain but um like that is uh yeah. that 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 could make this that could push yeah. this way over 50 exactly and entering monday night football it looks like dane jackson is having some injury issues so he's the other corner uh who would be starting opposite for davis white so like they could be without like both of their real uh starting corners which would be uh, catastrophic so we just have to see 
Yeah, we'll check that out. Keep an eye on it for sure. And in the words of Nathan Lane from the Birdcage, how about those Dolphins? Uh, let's go to the next one here. The Detroit Lions, who uh, certainly, as Pat alluded to before, certainly giving up some big plays on their own. They're going to take on the Minnesota Vikings and potentially the most dangerous wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, you've got the Minnesota Vikings seven and a half point favorites here against Detroit. Now, Detroit has shown you that they can answer. They can score. They've had big play after big play. Amon Ross St. Brown has been on fire. The number in this game is 51. This feels like a number that could climb as well. Friedman, do you see that the same way? Detroit has showed you they can compete, but can they hang here and hit this over a 51? Yeah, I think this number could climb. The one thing that gives me pause, and this also touches on the spread, is that if uh, on Monday night football tonight we see the Eagles, uh, I wouldn't say they're going to shut down uh, the the Vikings, but if we see them present significant resistance to the, the Vikings offense, I think uh, that could keep this total from climbing next, uh, you know, as we move into week three. And I think it would also drive the spread down. So if you like, the Lions in this game, and I do. It's seven and a half. I have it at four point seven five. I would bet the Lions now while we're on the the positive side of seven. Okay, how do you feel about this one here, Pat? Yeah, uh, Friedman, can you promise me this line is going to come down the total? Because I would love to bet the over right now at fifty one and a half. I think the Lions are just. I, I can't promise you that. That's just <laughs> speculation. But it- it might. So, all right, I guess I have to, to root for the Eagles to shut well, down let, the Vikings let's, let's, tonight. Well, let's ask the question, Pat. What do we know about what we see about the Eagles in that first week against Detroit, right? They got thrown on a ton in that game, right? They did. They did. So, um, we really think that there's a good chance that they're going to have any resistance here to Justin Jefferson and, and this passing attack of Kevin O'Connell? Yeah, good question. I would have thought the Packers had a better pass defense than the the Eagles do, but we'll see. I mean, like everything just seemed to click for the Vikings in week one, and we'll see if that's the case when they take their, their, you know, show on the road to Philadelphia. Um, But we do know Detroit is a shootout machine. Like their offense is really good, and they cannot stop anyone. And now Steve Hutchinson is banged up. He picked up a leg injury yesterday. Uh, Their cornerbacks, not very good to begin with. Uh, Aruwarie has a back issue. Uh, Jeffrey Akuda, I don't know if he showed up on the injury report. I know he at one point was dealing with something yesterday. So um, two not very good cornerbacks, starting cornerbacks, and they're both banged up, uh, you know, going against Justin Jefferson. That would be suboptimal. Let's take a quick break in the action to tell you about BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Sign up today with BetMGM and use that promo code BETTINGPROS when you do, and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions, and don't forget to use that promo code BETTINGPROS. That's one word, BETTINGPROS, when you sign up today. Terms and conditions apply. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, and Ontario only. Must be 21 years or older to wager. 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets on site. Credit Free bets expire seven days from insurance. Excludes Michigan. Disassociated persons, please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877 877- 
H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah and other states where prohibited promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. And now, back to the action. All right, uh, let's move on to the next contest here on the schedule. We've got the Baltimore Ravens going to New England. New England is, you don't see this very often, three-point underdogs in their own building. That is certainly not historical Bill Belichick, New England Patriot team, but you can understand why. I mean, Baltimore just put up so many points. Now, they've had some answers sometimes for Lamar uh, this defensively. This is not the same Patriots defense, though. So, uh, Pat, when you're looking at this one early on, the number's 43 and a half. The Baltimore Ravens are favored by three. This seems very vanilla to me. I don't know if there's any value early on. Do you see any? No, that's it. Uh, you know, looking at this game, I just, like, my head was completely empty, Joe. All I could think of was the same thing you just said. Wow, it's really strange to see the Patriots as three-point yeah. home favorites. Um, but really, how can you argue with that, with their offense having looked as – uh, toothless and vanilla as it has so far through two weeks. So, um, you know, plus Baltimore just, that was a tough loss to Miami. I mean, they had to feel like they had that game in hand and let it get away. Um, so uh, this one feels right to me at, at three points for the Ravens. I mean, it just, it seems like it's kind of spot on. All right. If it feels like it's spot on, Friedman, is this a game to really not invest in right now or at all? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Fitz and I are going to have uh, a little bit of a disagreement on this one. Okay. Um, I have New England, and I, I want to kind of go and look at this more, but I have New England uh, as a small favorite in this game. And some of it has to do with the home field advantage. Some of it has to do with uh, the fact that I still don't think we are seeing Baltimore play that optimally on offense. I don't think they're passing the ball as much as they should. And they're still really banged up in the secondary on defense. Uh, and, you know, I know that the Patriots have not looked good on offense uh, to open the season, but you figure that at some point they have to start getting better. And I, I think these two teams are just a little closer than, uh, than the market anticipates. So I, I might be wrong on this and I could see like new England as a team that, I just need to adjust more aggressively because I was higher on them than the market entering the season. And maybe I'm just not uh, adjusting fast enough, but I, I think that there's value on them. All right. Let's see if there's any value with the jets at home against the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are five and a half point favorites here. They are a winless though. So I always say this every year, the Super Bowl hangover is a real thing. When you lose a Super Bowl, especially in a kind of crushing way at the very end where you might've had a shot there at that very last moment, the air does go out of the balloon. We've seen it time and time again with team after team. They get off to these slow starts. So are the Jets the remedy for that slow start, Friedman, and this number at 43? Or do you think this is just another weird potential trap game for the Bengals where people are going to fall into a false sense of security? Yeah, I have nothing to say about this game. I have it, <laughs> I have it projected at 5.75. So, uh -huh. you know, very close to the line there. And uh, it's hard to know what to do with the, the total here. If I had to say anything on the total, I would probably say under. Uh, but that's just, you know, because I'm a wet blanket. And that's my general inclination to, uh, to root against points. 
<laughs> wow, how do you follow that, Fitz? I don't know. Uh, what, what do you think? You is this? Is, do you want to wring out the wet blanket and see if you got any juice in this game? Yeah, well, on Saturday when I was doing early lines uh, projections, like I had this at, at six points, Bengals favored by six, and mm-hmm. after their flat performance in Dallas, after the Jets, uh, you know, inspired come from behind win that they got because Nick Chubb didn't know to to go down and uh, you know run out the clock. Um, it's moved a little off what I thought it should be. And maybe it shouldn't because the Bengals know that if they start 0-3 in this AFC, as tough as this conference Mm -hmm. is, there is no way they are getting off the mat making the playoffs. Not a chance. So they absolutely have to win this game. Um, You know, like, I I think they're going to – they showed their toughness last last year, um, you know, making it all the way to – the Super Bowl with a lot of adversity, a bad offensive line. Apparently, they still have a bad offensive line, but Apparently. I think they do. I think they do pull it together, and uh, you know, finally have a good offensive game. They've just got too much on offense to be this lackluster. Well, the one thing about offensive line play too, it takes those guys a while to gel. I mean, people forget that. Like you, yeah. you can have good pieces, but again, they've all got to play together, and that's some things. Maybe they improve the personnel. We looked at that too much, but not enough time for this unit to really. Uh, get it all together on the same page. Let's go to Las Vegas, who is winless. They are 0-2 uh, against the Tennessee Titans. The overrunner in this game is 46 and a half. Um, I don't know what the line is currently for even if it's changed at all. I know we're still waiting on the Tennessee Titans for tonight, but uh, your thoughts on this one, what you have it in your uh, magical spreadsheet to be. Yeah, I think in the market right now, it's hovering around a pick So, you know, like mm-hmm. kind of one on either side. And that's pretty much where I have it. I have Tennessee favored by half a point. Uh, I'm really not looking at this game for the, the side or the total. This is just kind of a, a nasty stay away affair for me. Okay, do you see this as a nasty stay away coin flip as well? No, I actually like the Titans in this game. Like, I mean, all right, it was kind of a fluky, but they were the number one seed in the AFC playoffs last year. <laughs> and true. they're at home against a team traveling coast to coast, um, coming off a, a really bad loss. So, I mean, we don't know what sort of, uh, you know, mental frame the Raiders are going to be in after this, after just totally uh, frittering away that game against the Cardinals. Like, and... I don't know. I think Vrabel is a good coach. Um, I, I know the Titans have taken some personnel hits. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I know they were kind of a fluky number one seed last year. They, they weren't really that strong. But, like, this just seems kind of disrespectful to the Titans and maybe giving a little bit too much credit to an 0-2 Raiders team. So I don't understand this line at all, and I'm going to hit the Titans pretty hard. I can understand that. Uh, yeah, the, maybe the Raiders hype was a little too much too soon. We shall see. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, though, they have a lot of hype as well, and they've played pretty well here, at least to start. We'll see what tonight brings against a, a challenging offense in the Vikings. But in the early going on the road in division, this matchup against Washington, they are four-point favorites. The number is 50 uh, all right, on the button here, Fitz. Uh, do you see any early value in this Eagles-Washington Commanders game? No, not on the line, not on the total. It pretty much squared with what my projections were. And, um, boy, uh, Washington better figure out how to stop uh, slot receivers because Christian <laughs> Kirk and uh, Amon Ross St. Brown have just gutted them. Uh, maybe that means, you know, Quez Watkins is going to have 150 yards. In the- <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know if I want to put money in that one. But, mm-hmm. you know, those two wide receivers are also pretty talented in, in all respect to them as well. 
Uh, and did you see this when you were seeing uh, this game yesterday, Fitz, too? Because we talked about Wentz, you know, slinging the ball over place, but there was a lot of inaccuracies there, too. I mean, there were balls where his receivers are diving, where the ball's not in the right spot. I feel like I feel like there's almost an, a, a weird illusion right now with Carson Wentz that you see the totals, but if you're watching how he gets there, it's not necessarily all that pretty, and it's just waiting for a mistake with a better defense. It seemed like it, and uh, the whole – Washington offense, I thought, in that first half against Detroit looked just so vanilla. And, like, Scott Turner was not calling a a good game early on in that one. It seemed like they made some adjustments and got some things cranked up uh, after halftime. But, like, they they did come out with a a strangely vanilla game plan, and the offense did not look good. Um, But to Carson Wentz's credit, he picked up the pace a little bit when he needed to, um, got him back in that game. But, uh, yeah, I, I still think they're kind of outgunned here against the Eagles, who, you know, certainly have a lot of ways they can beat you in offense. They might be outgunned, but Freeman, do you see any value in this line at four or the 50? Yeah, a little, and I, I don't like it. I have this at 2.25. And so, you know, going through the three to the four, I, I mean, that's not insignificant value, but I, I don't want to bet it. And so I'm going to look a little bit more. <laughs> Uh, you know, depending on what we see tonight with Monday Night Football, uh, I think Philly wins that game. Uh, and, you know, if they crush, I think this number moves up to five or six. And I think it's likelier to go to five or six than to go to three uh, if the Eagles lose. So I even just kind of thinking about where the market might be going, even though I'm showing value on Washington, I actually might take the Eagles because I think the line's going to move. Fair enough. Let's move on to the next contest here. Still waiting for a little bit more clarification when it comes to Justin Herbert, who has that rib injury. Regardless, they are seven-point favorites right now against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have you know pretty respectable outing on Sunday, that's for sure. The number is 48. Uh, Friedman, uh, do you think that Jacksonville travels at all? Is this a trap game at all for L.A. after you know a little bit of that injury to Herbert? You have Keenan Allen on the shelf. You have a a huge matchup where they came up a little short. Do you think maybe they're not paying enough attention to Jacksonville and this can actually be something where that seven is more appealing than we realize? Uh, I think, man, I want, I want to be on LA in this game. I mean, I've already bet it. I was uh, the donkey who bet the look ahead line <laughs> and it didn't work out for me in that instance, uh, in part because of the Justin Herbert injury and because Jacksonville looked really good in week two. Uh, but I have this number at 9.75, and so I see pretty significant value on it at seven. Uh, and in talking with uh, Deepak Chona, who you know does medical analysis, uh, he talked about Justin Herbert and the rib injury and how there's a decent chance, you know, pretty decent chance he plays in week three. So I think this number could move. Okay. Uh, Pat, what are your thoughts on this number as well? Because Jacksonville certainly showed you that, you know, defensively they're improved, I think, year over year. I think we can all agree on that with some of the picks that they've made. Um, What are your thoughts on this seven here? Is this too big of a number or is it just right? No, I mean, I see value in the Chargers too. I'm surprised it's not higher after what Hmm. they did. I mean, they almost scored a monumental victory in Kansas City. They outplayed the Chiefs in that game and, and, if well, Gerald they beat Everett, them last year in Kansas City, remember? Yeah, I mean, they did. That's, they that's did. Like old news for them, right? And if Gerald Everett had just a little bit more stamina, they would have won this game. I mean, the 100-yard the pick six, <sighs> turning the, the cardio. time. Yeah, the cardio. and like, are there any doubts that Herbert is going to uh, play in this game after the just warrior effort he made? Like, the guy mm-hmm. could barely stand upright, and then he comes back and, and leads a touchdown drive at the end of the game, like, to, to just fight and try to keep the chargers in that um as good as the jaguars looked 
against the Colts. We know the Colts were kind of broken this week. Um, so, like, I don't know if this is the Chargers not getting enough respect, the Jaguars getting too much respect, but, like, I mean, on Saturday, I projected this as, like, a, a double-digit game. Like, mm-hmm. maybe it was nine and a half. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hammering the Chargers in this one. The Los Angeles Rams got back on track yesterday with their first win of the season. So the champs are going to be four and a half point favorites as they head to Arizona, Arizona with a comeback victory of their own. This number is 51. Pat, is there any appeal in the over under uh, right now at the 50 uh, as it's set right now? Um, yeah. So I saw it on DraftKings at 51 and a half. And if I can get it there that high, I am hitting the under hard because uh, the, the Cardinals, I mean, their comeback yesterday was like, uh, Kyler Murray drawing up plays in the dirt. Okay, I'm gonna run around uh, oh, yeah. like crazy for six seconds. seconds. Later, the ball goes out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so that was not like a, a well orchestrated offense for the Cardinals, who looked like garbage for most of that game. Uh, the Rams can't run the ball. Like they have no running game. Their offensive line just can't get any sort of push um, to get these backs going. So like, I don't know how this one gets over the total. All right, Friedman, uh, do you see this the same way? Is that 51 is actually an under? Yeah, let me look here at the uh, at the projection really quick. I, I have it at 50.4. So if I were leaning on, in one direction, it would be the under. And, I, you know, actually I'm thinking about it. I do like Pat's analysis on that. Uh, I probably will bet the under in this spot because, uh, yeah, I – I think there are significant hindrances to both offenses. And I think, you know, obviously the defense for the Rams, not as good as it used to be, but still pretty good. And with uh, J.J. Watt returning, uh, you know, the the defense for the uh, the Cardinals getting a little bit healthier, I think they should also be better than they were the past couple of weeks. Okay, let's move on to the next one here. I know this is the most exciting game of the week for you two. It's the Atlanta Falcons, 0-2, traveling to the Seattle Seahawks. Boy, oh boy, does it get any better than this? Can it get any worse than this? I don't know. Minus three and a half. The Seattle Seahawks are favorites. 42 and a half is the over under. Friedman, your thoughts? Yeah, I have this at 2.75. Uh, and so if it's, you know, three and a half, in theory, there's some value in this game. But I'm, you know, not really looking to take any position on it. I think it's it's a pretty disgusting game here. Uh, uh, you know what? More. Actually, one oh, thing wait. I will say. One thing sure. I will say. Uh, we should try to pay attention to uh, what is happening with Atlanta's travel situation because they, they were just on the West coast. Are they staying out West uh, and practicing there? Uh, And so so they avoid the travel back East and then back West. Uh, I think that is what they might be doing, uh, but I don't have verification on that. So I'm going to do a little bit of research on that. And if we find that they're not at the massive travel disadvantage that I think they normally would be, then maybe I am betting on Atlanta in this spot. Okay, that's a nice little tidbit. Uh, how about you there? You check your Travelocity account there, uh, Pat, while Friedman was talking. You know where everyone's going to be. What do you think about this one? Yeah, thanks, Friedman, for giving me one more thing to track this week. Uh, but yeah, I am going to have to keep an eye on that. Like if, if I don't want to touch Atlanta if they are uh, going back home and then flying back coast to coast again. So yeah. Um, yeah, like there's just not a lot of appeal at 42 and a half. I might be tempted to uh, lean under here, like two offenses that just, oh man, Seattle's offense is, is not pretty right now. So um, yeah, I, I don't know, maybe just a smidge of value in the Seahawks, uh, half a point or so, but like I'm, I'm disinclined to do anything with this game as of now. 
Um, kind of nice that they're grouping the uh, some of the gross teams together this week. So, you know, yeah. Houston and Chicago can play a competitive game. Gives you a little game. focus on the better games, which exactly. Green Bay and Tampa Bay, the Battle of Bays, what you would think in theory would be. The Bucks are three-and-a-half-point favorites. 48 is the number. Now, obviously, the Green Bay Packer defense you know, came back to life last night. The Tampa Bay defense was ferocious, obviously, in that game where they really had to step up with all the injuries they had on offense. So, Pat, I mean, this number's at 48. I think everybody's looking at these two teams and saying, okay, maybe a defensive struggle, which means – I guess in 2022, this game is going to go well over 60 points. Is that, you know, uh, <laughs> what we should expect? <laughs> yeah, um, kind of a low total for these two teams, you would think. But, I like, I don't know if I can um, argue with that too much. Like, the Tampa offense hasn't looked that good. They're having problems with the running game. Uh, we know they've taken some hits on the offensive line. The passing game hasn't looked that crisp either, and they've got a lot of injury problems. They're not going to have Chris Godwin for that game. Who knows whether they'll have Julio Jones. Russell Gage isn't 100% healthy. Mike Evans isn't 100% healthy. Um, so, yeah, like I'm disinclined to take the Packers, even with those uh, issues the Buccaneers are having. Obviously, the Packers have some issues of their own. No David Bakhtiari, their outstanding left tackle, uh, and, you know, just kind of a, a muddled mess at wide receiver. Interesting how uh, Aaron Rodgers just spread the ball around so much. Didn't need to throw very much last night, but I don't know if anyone got more than like four or five targets in that game last night. So, All right. um, no, go I was going to say, so, so because of that, Right, because of what we saw last night, does that same game plan track Pat for this contest necessarily? Like maybe he doesn't have to do that much to beat the Bears. And I guess I right. guess that's the question. I feel like this is the biggest trap game where we go, Oh yeah, these two good defenses, and oh yeah, you know, it's gonna be a grinding kind of game. And then we look up and we go, Oh, look, there's a ridiculous total that we never saw coming. I feel like this is that game where we completely get a false sense of security. Uh, do you feel any of that concern? Not really, because these are two good pass defenses, and I don't think either offense is really capable of lighting up the other defense. So, like, I think this total is about right. Uh, I think this line is probably about right. I don't really see any value here. Freeman, any value on the, the Battle of the Bays? Yeah, as we were talking, I bet the under here. Um, mm -hmm. And it's under uh, 46 is the, the highest that I'm seeing. It's 46 at DraftKings, 46 at Bet MGM right now. And uh, I think this number will probably move down for a couple of reasons. One, you know, injury issues with Tampa Bay. Two, we've just seen market movement to the under kind of widespread for the past couple of weeks. And then three, you know, we have two good defenses. I think Tampa Bay's defense is, if not the best in the league, top two, top three. Mm -hmm. And then two offenses that over the past couple of weeks have shown that they are very comfortable running the ball even though they have two hall of fame quarterbacks and so i think the number here the total is going to be a little bit inflated and then i also see some value on green bay like i don't think we've seen anything to this point uh that would make us believe that when these two teams are constituted with the players they're probably going to have in week three that tampa bay is significantly better than green bay i think they are about even and so i will take green bay here in this spot Next one on the board here, we're going to go to Sunday Night Football, the Denver Broncos, San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo will be the quarterback under center for the foreseeable future for San Francisco, rest of season at least, for sure. Uh, two and a half point underdogs, though, going to Denver. 43 is the number. I'm going to ask you this. Is the line wrong here, Friedman? Should the San Francisco 49ers actually be favored? I, I know you're, you chuckle, but I, I honestly feel like the line is wrong here. Yeah, I have this as a pick -em. 
and if I had to favor one of them, it would be the 49ers because yeah. I adjusted the 49ers up a half a point now that they have Garoppolo instead of Trey Lance. And to be honest, I'm, I maybe haven't adjusted them upwards enough. Like it should maybe be 0.75 points or one point that I'm adjusting them. And based on what we've seen the past couple of weeks, uh, I have adjusted Denver down and they have significant injury issues heading into this game. Uh, you know, so let me see if I can uh, pull this up really quick. Yeah. Well, while you're so, pulling that so up, so the guys, here, let, the guys that they have out or uh, at risk of being out this upcoming week, Jerry Judy, you know, their number mm-hmm, two, right. number one wide receiver, KJ Hamler was out last week. Patrick Sertan, uh, their number one cornerback, uh, right tackle Billy Turner uh, is yet to play this year. Like, not all of those guys are going to return this next week. And that means, you know, I'm going to bump them down even a little bit more as the week gets going. So, yeah, uh, I think that the 49ers should be slight favorites in this game. At best, I think it should be a pick them. So I will very much take the two and a half points that we have in the market. Yeah, to me, this one just looks completely wrong. Pat, do you see it the way we do? You know, uh, I think Friedman has talked me into this. I saw maybe a little bit of value on the 49ers. Now I think I might have to hit this one immediately, especially if you could promise me that uh, Nathaniel Hackett calls at least one third and short reverse to Andrew Back. Uh, I'll tell you that, what, he has struggled so far in the early going as a head coach. I think we can all agree on that. I, and, and you can see some some issues there, I think, across the board, some of the game planning, some of the play calling, and, and just overall preparedness, I would say, the Broncos feels like. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is another one, Joe, like where there's going to be some pressure on Denver because if they don't come out well, they know they're going to get booed right away. Like those fans were in kind of a booing mood for most of that game against the Texans on Sunday. So um, I like I could see there not being really any home field advantage at all for the Broncos here. Let's move on to the uh, final game. We've got Monday Night Football, the Cowboys and Giants. Uh, of course, nobody knows what to do with this one. So, of course, they just slapped a, a three-point favorite on the Giants. And then 39 and a half is the number. Uh, Pat, I got no love for this game. I got nothing to do with this. How about you? Um, you know, I kind of like Dallas a little bit here. Um, Daniel Jones, still a little bit loose with the ball. Still, uh, you know, not the playmaker you'd hope. And who is he going to make plays with? Like Kenny Galladay apparently packed up his locker after the game, after getting two snaps. Uh, Kadarius Tony, well, he like, earned those two snaps, I think. Yeah, he know. did, he did. Uh, like, there's just not much firepower on the Giants' side other than Saquon Barkley. The Cowboys' defense, still very good. And I think I over underrated this defense coming into this season because of some of the pass rush they lost. But, um, you know, this Cowboys' defense, pretty tough, and we saw it against the Bengals yesterday. So I think there's a little bit of value here with the Cowboys. Yeah, one of my favorite bets was Michael Parsons for Defensive Player of the Year. And I'll tell you oh, what, man, as soon so as good. Watt went down, that looked real good, that wager, because that number shrunk on Michael Parsons. Uh, your thoughts, Friedman, on this giant Cowboys contest? Yeah, I think there's actually a lot of value here on the Cowboys. And I'm saying that as a Cowboys fan who is inclined to hate the Cowboys and bet against them whenever he has the opportunity. But uh, at three, uh, I still think there is significant value here because uh, as as Pat said, you know, 
with Micah Parsons, uh, that defense is still pretty good. And they are increasingly using Micah Parsons as just a pure pass rusher instead of an off-ball linebacker, which that makes sense. That's where he has the most benefit to the game. Mike McCarthy, as uh, man, incompetent feels like the wrong word, but it is the right word. As incompetent as Mike McCarthy's team can sometimes seem, he is 6-2 and two against the spread as an underdog with the Cowboys, without Dak Prescott. And Daniel Jones, like at home as a favorite, is just a smash guy to bet against. And the I know the Cowboys have injury issues, but the Giants really have injury issues. Mm-hmm. Both of their starting edge rushers were out last week, and defensive tackle Leonard Williams suffered an injury in the game. We have to see what's going on with him. Cornerback Aaron Robinson is out. Backup cornerback Nick McLeod is out. And slot wide receiver Wandale Robinson was out. Not all of these guys are coming back this week. And I got to say, like, I I think last week, I, even though I had value on the Cowboys and I bet on them, I probably downgraded them a little bit too much in the drop from Dak Prescott to Cooper Rush. And so I've bumped them up a little bit in our power ratings. And so, I mean, I'm not saying that this game is a pick em. I do think that we should have um, we should have the Giants favored, but as slight favorites, you know, like half a point favorites, not three point favorites. I wouldn't worry too much. You'll have Sean Payton as the head coach of the Cowboys next year. So don't worry about it. It'll be fine. Let's run through Matt and Pat's favorite bets for the early look ahead show. Matt, kick us off with your favorites that you see early on that people should be on. Go. Yeah, I mean, I've touched on a lot of them here, so I I don't want to like give all of them away. I will just say, you know, maybe my favorite still is looking at that Chargers number. It seems a seven and thinking that it should be closer to a 10. Okay. Uh, Pat, how about for you? Anything that really stuck out for you? Your favorite uh, early bet? Yeah, I mean, I like the Bills minus four and a half at the Dolphins. As as good as the Dolphins looked on Sunday, or at least their offense looked, um, I, I think that's too low a number. Love the Titans at home against the Raiders. Don't understand that line at all. Love the Chargers on the road against the Jaguars, uh, giving up only a touchdown. And uh, that Cowboys game we just talked about. And I'm probably going to be on the Bengals, too, like thinking the Bengals are too good to to fall to 0-3 against the Jets. There you have it. Make sure you use that promo code BETTINGPROS, too, and go play the new game over on Sleeper, the over-under game. Download the Sleeper app today. You can invite your friends to play. All you have to do is go ahead and – Pick some over-unders. You can play against your buddies. And next thing you know, you can win some cash. Again, use that promo code BETTINGPROS at the Sleeper app. And uh, when you do, you get a $100 deposit match up to $100 on your first deposit. That'll do it for us. But the story of the game goes on. For Matthew Friedman and Pat Fitzmorris, I'm Joey P. We'll see you next time, kids.